you know, we're seeing the least amount of of listings on the market and the most demand we've ever seen in the history of <clears throat> at least I mean not just our city. It, it, this is across the country and arguably across the world. Yeah. If you watch back to our last podcast, there was a segment that where I predicted kind of in the back in the fall where I thought the real estate market was going to be in 2022. And we predicted what's happening right now. We we knew that there was going to be a surge that hit in January. One, because historically it's been happening for the last yeah. five years. People don't see it. Um, in the fall, there was a slowing. The last four or five falls, there's been a slowing. Um, during that slow uh, period, everybody thinks that's the end of this chaos and that it's going to kind of come to a broad halt at that time. But we know everybody looks back in the fall and says, oh, I should have bought, I should have bought, I should have bought. I don't see this ending anytime soon. I don't. I don't either. I'm looking at all the things that are happening and... I think everybody says, well, the rising interest rates are going to cause the market to crash. One, the Bank of Canada is monitoring this these things. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not going to raise rates to a point where it's going to cause the market to crash. That's not their intention. They're trying to slow this down. So they're going to take their time with it to try and slow this. But what I think is going to happen is the hype of rates going up is going to cause more chaos than ever right now. Buyers are trying to buy to try and lock in lower interest rates. So one, the the rising interest rates to slow this is actually doing the reverse effect because all this hype about rising interest rates is causing chaos. We're at an all-time low. There's a lot of people that don't want to sell their homes because they don't want COVID coming through their houses. Right. They're afraid to sell because they're afraid they're going to have nothing to buy. We're at an all-time inventory low. Um, going into the spring, there will be more houses, but we're going to have a surplus of buyers that are going to come from the winter market and the previous fall market because they still haven't gotten anything. So we're going to have still too many buyers, even when those houses finally come. Um, I think there's going to be people who lock in those rates for 90 to 120 days that are going to still be fighting to get houses. So I see this chaos in rising rates till at least June or July. Yeah. June or July, I think we're going to see a bit of a simmering like we have in the past. And I think in the fall, once the rates, if the rates do go up, which we expect they will, um, I think we'll see a slowing of some sorts in the fall. Now that doesn't mean when we see a slowing that the prices are going to drop. It just means the competition might slow down. And when we talk about rising interest rates here, we're not, I mean, a lot of people like to speculate, oh, look, watch what'll happen if the interest rates go back to where they were in the 80s where, you know, people were paying 14, 15% interest. When we talk about rising interest rates, like they're talking about probably one to maybe 1.5 percent over the next yep. year or two i mean this isn't people have been getting stress tested when they when they qualify for mortgages at around five percent anyways even though they've been getting interest rates mm -hmm. in the low twos yep. so i mean this raise of interest rates over the next year isn't going to sink people to the point where you're going to see this flood of houses coming on the market because people can't afford their mortgages anymore. Right. And we have to remember Ontario, or I don't know if it's Canada wide, but at least Ontario, um, they've had the stress test. So everybody, exactly. everybody that's been getting approved for a mortgage over the last so many years has been getting approved as if interest rates were over 5%. That's what already. I mean. That's what I so said. Yeah. The people that are buying houses, 
with interest rates at the lower amount are being approved as if they were the yes. higher. So when, if they do go up, those same people would have been able to afford They're it. still in that buffer zone, right? Yep. They're, they're getting approved at the low in the low two or at that 5% stress yep. test, but their interest rates too. Yeah. So there's a 3% So we already gap here. we already know those people should be able to afford it. Why I I personally don't think they'll ever be able to go up as high as they were is Everything would collapse. Well, they, they, they wouldn't even yeah, get halfway. They, they wouldn't even get they halfway. They won't do it. They can't. No. They wouldn't even get halfway. Everything would collapse. And then they would instantly turn around and lower interest rates down to like 1% to bail everybody out. So we're kind of stuck in this somewhere in the maybe 5% max range that I personally think in the near future. And I also think the reason is in today's day and age, more than before, everybody's over leveraged with more I was cre- just gonna say credit that. cards line of credits those things didn't exist like they do now like Canada you can't go to Walmart without getting a Walmart credit card Canada is historically very has a very over leveraged population we are yeah. one of the highest yeah. debt to income ratios in in the world yeah. um and unfortunately that's not something that we can just flip a switch and and fix there isn't a no there isn't a, a quick path out of that right no so I think the good news is I don't I don't see us ever having to deal with that problem again. Right. The, the problems we're dealing with is high interest rates on credit cards, lines of credit, because the interest rate on a credit card is higher than it ever was in real estate, and those are those are other problems we have today than we did before. Um, the banks will find always find a way to get their money. So when a bank comes in and says, "Well, your interest rate is three percent or four percent," this is this is over. If it's a 25-year mortgage, they front load all the interest to the beginning of your mortgage. So if they front load all the interest to the beginning of your mortgage, if you actually look at your statement, it's like 60% of your payment goes towards interest and 40% goes to principal because the average person is going to sell their home in three to seven years. So if someone's selling their house in three to seven years and then the new house, they're going to renew another 25-year mortgage and front load all that interest, the bank is getting actually... 60% 60% interest on every payment. Right. It's not, you know, it sounds great when you say 3% or 2%, but if you look at it, your principal is only like 40% for the first few years that you got it. You know, if you stay there for the, the whole 25 years, obviously it will drop, but they're not dumb. They're going to get their money. Um, low interest rates, they still are getting lots of interest out of us. If you look at how much um, you pay over the course of 25 years, there's a lot of interest to be paid. Now, um, this whole interest rate rising and the market changing yeah so how does this affect the general public i mean that's probably what people are most interested in how, how, you know where's this going to go how does this affect me <clears throat> i'm nervous as a consumer i'm nervous because when it comes to canada canada's a big country but the majority of people in this country live on within how many miles of the u.s border right in the yeah, south it's like, it's the like southern, two it's like two yeah. hours within a two-hour drive Ontario, southwestern Ontario, basically from here, let's say to Ottawa, is your most populated area, right? Um, so yes, Canada is a big country, but there's certain areas that are like, you know, the hot spots for business and um, community living. And um, anyways, what I'm trying to get at is in in Ontario, you have a lot of immigration coming in. Um, that's kind of been halted a little bit throughout the pandemic. So what we're not bringing into account is when this pandemic comes to a halt, they're going to start allowing immigration back in more and more and more. When you get immigration coming in, in the around the GTA area, the GTA area, the affordability of living is high. 
they migrate south to places like Windsor where it's still more affordable. So we know more and more people are going to continue to move here. We know people that can work long distance are moving back for families. People that are in the GTA know they can work in the GTA, but from Windsor. So we have that coming. Now we have people that are coming because they can get businesses and jobs going now in the States and Detroit. We also have what, whether we believe it or not, we have an average sale price of the low 600s, mm-hmm. but places like Waterloo, we just saw and places like, um, they're, they're double Guelph are double their average sale price is 1.2 so let's take a riverside or south windsor ranch in windsor we think that's crazy at six hundred thousand dollars you would have to pay 1.2 for that house in mm-hmm. guelph or waterloo we're not that far from waterloo and guelph and if that's something that is capable of happening already in those cities that shows us what the potential is we're still southwestern ontario we're still a very new city when it comes to growth and i think this is there's a paradigm shift happening um that i think a lot of people are kind of putting the blinders on and they're saying this shouldn't be happening house prices are crazy people are overpaying for these things um but the reality is when a paradigm shift happens and COVID has really um been the catalyst for that we we start a lot of thing unpredictable things start happening and um no one predicted that this work from home um thing would start to rise so rapidly mm-hmm. i think businesses are starting to say okay we don't want to pay the overhead in these brick and mortar buildings anymore i, I you know remote software is getting better because of this um you know vid- video monitoring software people are able to work from home um, Windsor's got a beautiful climate. It's got proximity to a, a big city. It's got a lot of amenities. So people, it's not just a bunch of faceless investors that are buying from Toronto in this city. It's a lot. It, it's actually a lot of people that are relocating yep. to this area. Nobody really saw this happening so fast. Yep. But this paradigm shift that's now happening in the work world and the way people are going to be living it's going to continue to change over the next 10 years and beyond. And it's, it's tough because there are a lot of people out there that are watching themselves be priced out of the real estate market. It is really tough to, to see that, but um, the, the waiting for the crash mentality that, that we see out there that's prominent in, in certain circles, it's, it's not something that you're going to see come to fruition unless something really unforeseen But the thing happens. is, we've been hearing people with that mentality before COVID saying, I'm waiting for the crash. Yeah. We're waiting for something to happen. Well, a global pandemic shut down businesses and put people right. in their houses for two years. And that was unforeseen. And we've grown 26% exactly. in the last year. So there's the unforeseen big thing. Like it literally shut down and closed businesses right. and we're still seeing growth. Right. We are living in southwestern Ontario. Southwestern Ontario is a very popular place showing a lot of growth, yes. and I don't see any slowing in southwestern Ontario. That's right. And as we're running out of land around the GTA Greenbelt area, Windsor to London is becoming a very interesting spot to people that are still paying average 1.2, 1.3. They're like, what do you mean I can pay half the price for a house in the most right. southern city on the border of Detroit with a new bridge coming and mega hospitals and all these things that are going on and immigration's coming here. Windsor, I'm so, I hate to say, I know I'm going to, this is my guess. I think this is the beginning. 
I agree. I think this is the beginning. Look, I was just in Saskatchewan and, you know, I, I talk to my folks all the time about what's going on out there. I have a couple real estate agent friends that live out uh, back in Regina where I'm where I'm from. The market there has been very balanced and stable for a while now. It even did some dipping. But guys, this is Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Like you're in the middle of, of, of nowhere, really. You don't have close proximity to anything amenity wise you get your minus 45 degree winters it's not a desirable place for someone to relocate so when you see things like that happening in those areas it's it's literally based on amenity it's based on on popularity um and like you said it's the beginning for us here in southwestern ontario because the popularity of these cities and these places and the amenities that we have and the weather that we have and the proximity that we have to other large centers and and amenities is like tenfold what they have in saskatchewan i mean there there's it's the same reason that you can't just go into los angeles california and and buy a house affordably because that's where a bunch of people want to live and when there's a huge amount of demand like that, the cost of everything goes up, right? Yeah. Um, I would be more skeptical if this was just Windsor growing and everything right. else wasn't. If we, what was it, last month we were looking at five years ago, where was London's average sale price and where was Toronto's average sale price? And where were we in, to relation, in relation to that? And I think... I don't know if you remember exactly, but let's say we were 70% of Windsor, or London's price. And I think we're a little closer than that. Like I think we were like 80 or 85% of their price or something right. like that. But, right. but we, we looked at what we were rela- relative to them five years ago and, what we, and 10 years ago yeah. and what we are relative to them today. It's very similar. Very similar. So every, this isn't just the Windsor problem. This is everyone growing. This is all of the Southwestern. Yeah. This is Canada, actually. But... Um, we have grown a little bit more in that in that spread. It's narrowed a little bit, um, and I think that's just us showing some momentum to the area. And I think it has a lot to do with the out of town investors that are coming in. Um, but I I believe that if this continues the way it's going, there is possible that there's going to be a correction to happen. But this correction that it, but it's temporary. There's always going to be some sort of correction. Now, let's go back to 2008 and 2009. This was like the all-time drop in real estate pricing. And I, what was it? 30, 30 some odd percent. From 2008 to when it had dropped to its absolute lowest, it only took till 2010 to get back to where it's at. Because nobody on this planet wants to see things continue to drop. So as soon as something drops, everybody's focus is on fixing that problem. So when you see the declines in our markets, they're always very short-lived and the years of growth are always much longer. The Bank of Canada steps in, the government steps in, everybody steps in to try and fix this problem. So boom, drop. Everybody's like, okay, we got to fix it, we got to fix it, we got to fix it. It corrects itself. Two years later, it's fixed and then it continues to grow. And everybody's like, oh my God, I can't buy a house. I can't buy a house. I'm going to wait for it to drop. First, you're the type of person, I'm sorry, that's going to wait for a drop. And whoever that is waiting for the drop is probably once it drops, say, oh, I'm not going to buy anything. We're in the middle of a recession. There's never a good time to buy. You just have to get into the market. And if the market drops, just don't sell. And people say, well, what if I lose my job and I have to sell? Well, then go live with mom and dad. Go live wherever you're going to live and rent your house out. Because 
rentals are always going to be a thing. If people are selling their homes, they're still going to need a place to live yeah. and they're still going to need to rent. If you invest into stocks, you're investing into a company that's out of your control. If that company goes out of business, yeah, you lose your money. If you invest in real estate and the market goes down, well, you still have control of that land. You could rent it out. You can pay the bills. You can get it done um, until the market recovers, and then you can sell. The only people who lose are the people who sell when it drops. So yes, you could buy a house today and tomorrow it could drop. But even if it dropped 30% today, if you bought a house and it dropped 30%, that only brings you back to last January's pricing. That's right. The same time people say, I'm going to wait for it to drop. Well, you're waiting and you were waiting in January last year. And then if we get to January this year and it drops 30%, you're back to where yeah. you said you were waiting. And anyways. you're not going to see these crazy 70, 80% drops that these, um, you know, these nutballs out there think is going to happen. It, it, this isn't. This isn't a possibility. The Bank of Canada and a whole bunch of other forces aren't going to let that happen. 